We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day Podcast. Wherever you may be, and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host yet again this Wednesday, or Thursday, actually. And um, great to be with you again. We are inching ever so closely to the NFL season. Uh, players have reported um, all sorts of news about coronavirus testing, being safe, all that kind of stuff. Plenty of news. Devin Funches already opting out for the season. Um, so we're... There's football in the news, um, not all of it necessarily great. Lots of players have, uh, at this point, uh, chosen to opt out of the season, which is fine by me. I get it. Um, you know, it obviously won't make the season quite the same, but uh, nonetheless, I understand it. I respect it. And uh, so, But we are inching closer, and as of right now, the NFL being what it is, until I'm pretty certain until they are told no – um, we're going to have football. So uh, what it'll look like, that is still very much uh, to be determined. But, um, yeah, so – and uh, the NBA starts what, Maggie? That starts Friday, right? Am I correct with that? You look like a deer so. in the headlights. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe it starts uh, – their restart starts Friday. Obviously, they've been playing exhibition games. Um, baseball has been playing – 
working through some stuff. Honestly, if you want my opinion about a football season this year, pay very close attention to what baseball does over the next three to four weeks. That'll pretty much tell you how much football you're going to get to watch this year. So that and obviously the news of what just continues to happen as uh, the virus, you know, continues here with us. But we're not going to talk about the virus today. We're not going to talk about players opting out of the season Uh, We're not going to talk about any of that, really. We're still going to talk Packers. We're going to talk football. But uh, Maggie and I know Jacob today. Uh, Jacob decided that uh, working and supporting his family was more important. So uh, we forgive him for that. But uh, Jacob, not with us today. Jacob, we miss you. Um, Please don't make fun of me too much uh, on social media. Not that I would see it because I'm not there anymore. So... Really, go ahead and do what you, what you need to do, Jacob, to, to get you through the day. But uh, just Maggie and I today, and uh, Maggie, real quick, I uh, want to say congratulations. You and your husband have closed on a new house. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's exciting. We've been in a condo, and now we'll be moving into a house, and that means I get to finally have a Packers basement instead of a Packers office, so... It's going to be fun. There you go. Congratulations on that. That's Thank very you. exciting. Um, but all right. So today we'll get it. We'll get into it very quickly here. Um, I'm sure I, I guess I don't know how many of you have been paying close attention to it. I know it's a big kind of deal every year. Uh, the NFL's top 100 rankings. And uh, as of recording right now, we haven't gotten the names of 10 through 1. We know who they are, but we don't know where exactly they're going to be. I've got a couple of guesses at where some of them will be. Mostly one of them, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm pretty certain he's going to be number 1. But uh, by the time you're listening to this, you'll already know. So, But we figured Maggie and I would kind of go through. Uh, let's see. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 Packers on this list. You can probably guess all 6 of them. Uh, but we thought we would go through uh, each well, maybe not. There's one that Maggie and I had actually discussed pre-show that we were a little surprised by. So probably you can get five out of six, but um, we figured we'd go through each one of them, uh, talk about their number uh, on the list, and then talk about players that uh, ranked ahead of them. Uh, and kind of if that's, um, you know, if we think that's kind of fair, the number they're at, and then the players that are ahead of them, uh, whether or not we think that's fair as well. So we'll get right into it. Uh, the first Packers player to make the list, number 63, uh, Preston Smith. So he comes in at number 63. And so Maggie and I talked about this, a little bit of caveat. So we're considering Preston Smith a basically a pass rusher. So we're not going to be listing, say, defensive tackles necessarily, um, but players that ranked ahead of him that would be considered a pass rusher of sorts. So um, he's technically listed as an outside linebacker, uh, but we're also going to be throwing in players, defensive end, stuff like that. So just so you know that ahead of time when we talk about him and one other player that made this list as well. So uh, so Maggie, start us off. Number 63, um, thoughts on Preston Smith? Is that too high, too low? Um just about right. What, what do you think about him being the 63rd? And by the way, this is voted on players, and this is strictly based on the 2019 season. Um, so keep that in mind. It's voted on by the players, and it's based on the 2019 season. So 63, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, so this one was really surprising for me, and I think a lot of people, because we would have expected, um, you know, when fans knew initially that there were six Packers, I don't know how many of them had Preston Smith. I think more of them had Kenny Clark, who, you know, all of us, I think, agree is the biggest snub on the list as far as a Packer that didn't make it. You could argue Jair Alexander should be on there and likely will be in the conversation next year. Potentially Kevin King if he uh, has the same kind of season that he did in 2019. But to me, Preston, I think he deserves it. It's nice to see him get that kind of recognition from his peers because I think even to Packers fans, he's very underrated as far as, you know, you have Zadarius Smith, who is boisterous. He's a little more flashy. Um, he he generated a little bit more pressure, so he was kind of the face of the edge unit. Um, and I'm sure that helped Preston to an extent because together, you know, they they really were a nice one-two tandem. But for him to be recognized as high as 63, I think is pretty significant. And I think it says a lot about what, um, the rest of the NFL, you know, his peers think not only about him, but what that pass rush in Green Bay looks like now. You know, I we know Zadarius is on the list, obviously. So to have two edge rushers after having none or having Clay Matthews get the nod a couple seasons ago, it kind of, I think, illustrates the 180 that this defense has taken over the last couple seasons. Yeah, I would really agree. Um, you know, I... I... I always looked at Preston Smith and Maggie. I think I've, I've, this is how I've thought of Preston Smith, and I'm pretty sure it was you that kind of pointed it out during the season uh, last year when we were talking about him versus uh, Zadarius, which is he seems to be kind of not that he takes. I don't know the proper way to describe it necessarily, but that Zadarius is much more of a um, open personality. He's got that kind of bigger personality, and Preston isn't so much like that um and so sometimes it's easy to forget about him when you know you know you look at Zadarius with all the you know the sack dances and the writings on the t-shirts and everything and Preston Smith is more of kind of like the all right I got a sack let's let's quick celebrate and go back and get the next play going here so some of it I think might be that that he's easy to forget about in that sense but um you know it's one of those things that some of it just could be that, you know, out a lot of it I would think is just the, you know, some of it might just be with the fact that Green Bay, like you said, Maggie, before, before this past season, I mean, edge rusher was not considered when you were scheming against Green Bay. It wasn't like you weren't terrified of having to scheme against pass rushers with Green Bay you know obviously it was there but you didn't you weren't terrified of it and now you've got two of them that it's like wow if you really don't block one the other one's gonna you know so um but so 63 um I agree with you about the Kenny Clark I I figured he would have maybe made the list over Preston but uh real quickly we'll go through some of the players ahead of him um so Chris Jones of Kansas City number 52 uh, Darius Leonard, number 50 uh, for the Colts. J.J. Watt, uh, number 45 for the Texans. Jadavion Clowney came in at number 41. Um, so last year, Seattle still a free agent as of right now. Um, his uh, partner in crime, uh, Zadarius Smith, came in at 48. We'll get to him in just a little bit here. Uh, Daniil Hunter from Minnesota came in at number 40. Joey Bosa came in um, at number 34 from the L.A. Chargers, 
Um, Von Miller also ahead at uh, number 26 from Denver. T.J. Watt, um, which if this can completely be a different conversation, but when looking through the list, I thought it was interesting that he was ranked higher than his brother. Um, but number 25, T.J. Watt. Cameron Jordan from the Saints at number 23. Khalil Mack, number 19 from Chicago. And then Nick Bosa, number 17 from San Francisco. So, um Thoughts on should Preston Smith have been ranked any higher than any of those names? I don't know if he needs to be any higher, um, but I think that I know that this is a player generated list, but when you have, like, I know we'll talk about Zedarius in just a couple minutes, but to me, a lot of those names on that list are on the list because of the name recognition. So when you're going through and you're selecting your 100 guys, a name like Cam Jordan stands out or Joey Bosa tends to stand out a little bit more than a Sidarius or a Preston Smith, even if the numbers don't necessarily jump. So as much as I know that it is a respect thing and that, you know, the players do select these guys for these rankings, to me, a lot of it is more on uh, player recognition or like name recognition more so than the specific stats on the field or you know, I think it's hard to look at some of this like a J.J. Watt. You look at them for the length of their career, and it kind of taints just the one season that they had. So it's hard to get, like, a snapshot look without, you know, just the perception of what they've done in the past. All right. Well, we'll move on to our next player on the list, only one spot ahead of Preston Smith, number 62. Um, this might be the most interesting one we have on the list for – a uh, very specific reason, David Bakhtiari, offensive tackle. And now when talking about players listed ahead of him, we didn't do this based on him playing offensive lines. So we just sorted this by every offensive tackle for him that ranked ahead of him, which is zero. So David Bakhtiari, number 62 on the list, was, according to the players, the best offensive tackle in football in 2019, which says a couple of things. Um, it's interesting because you'd think that offensive tackle is considered to be one of the more important positions in the game, given their job protecting the quarterback. Interesting that the highest offensive tackle just on the list in general was number 62. Um, but also interesting that um, nobody ranked ahead of him. And now, granted, it wasn't a bad year, per se, for David Bakhtiari, but it wasn't like... It wasn't his best season he's had. And so, obviously, it's only based on 2019, but it's got to feel pretty good that you're the highest-ranked offensive tackle in a season in which you kind of know that it wasn't one of your better seasons. So, um, thoughts on him being number 62 and that no other offensive tackle ranked ahead of him? I think it's more of an illustration that offensive line is just not a sexy position to play in the NFL. You know, they unless you're giving up a sack – or, you know, something goes wrong and you blow some type of block, your name's not getting called. Like, we don't hear about David Bakhtiari unless there's a false start or some type of penalty holding, whatever it is. So it's really easy to say, like, oh, Zadarius Smith, he's one of the best rushers in the league. We don't necessarily give credit as a fan base or, you know, fans of football to really good offensive linemen. And I think that um, – Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari even kind of joked about that during the NFL Top 100 where, you know, you're not going to see too many offensive linemen on the list. And 
I don't think it's because there's a lack of respect for them, but I think it's because people don't know as much. Like, you know, you can have these really impressive streaks where you don't give up a sack or like Elton Jenkins and his really impressive uh, blocking grades as a rookie. But a lot of that recognition comes later or you get like the Joe Thomas Ironman reputation. So again, it's one of those like long-term over the course of your career, kind of the narrative that you build for yourself. It's hard to just take a snapshot of one season and say, yes, that person was really good as a left tackle this season specifically. All right. Well, number 62, David Bakhtiari, no other tackles in front of him. So the Green Bay Packers win 2019 with the best offensive tackle, according to the players. So, uh, This next one is probably the one that's going to be one of the more highly discussed ones. Uh, number 57, uh, Devontae Adams. So um, obviously we all know that Devontae Adams is deserving of making the list. Now, where he belongs on the list might differ because – uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other receivers listed ahead of him. So, uh, real quickly, Maggie, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the him being coming in at number fifty-seven. So, not necessarily in the top half of it, but close enough. Fifty-seven, um, based on all the other positions, everything is fifty-seven. Fair, too high, too low. I'm going to guess too low. Um, but, uh, number 57 thoughts on that. Can I swear? Cause it's bullshit. That's all right. <laughs> we got, we got a BS call here on the show, but, uh, yeah. So, all right. So yeah, ex- 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 expand on that. I mean, Devonte Adams has always been one of those like sleeper players where you, he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves in the league. And I think he summed it up best when he basically said, whatever thinks, I guess, like, you know, if your peers put you at 57, you know, we've had conversations about top 10. No, he's not top 10. He's top five. And even with missing four games with a turf toe injury, he still almost put up a thousand yards. Like he's a consistent player. He really got hot in the playoffs and kind of carried the team through the Seahawks game. And just, I think he's still underrated. He's the best route runner in the NFL And to say that there were eight receivers better than him, one of which I know we'll talk about in just a second, Stephon Diggs, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, Michael Thomas, sure, if you wanted to really argue. Julio Jones, sure. DeAndre Hopkins, sure. But beyond that, I think that he belongs in top five conversations all day. And for him to be ranked by his peers and guys like Darius Slay, who – you know, talk about the fact that he burns him every time he covers him. It's just, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know. I don't really know how else to describe it other than it's weird. Okay. Well, Maggie, you mentioned some of these players. So, so keep this in mind. And now I, I, I also want to talk about this once we kind of get through it of what's more important, the actual number within the top 100 or like where he, I guess. So for example, like if he came in at number 98, Right, but then the rest, the, like the highest ranked receiver after it was number ninety four. Right, there's only a gap of five spots there. What's more important, the actual number or the gap between him and say the top ranked receiver? So Stephon Diggs came in at number fifty four. Uh, Amari Cooper came in at forty nine. Chris uh, Godwin thirty eight from Tampa. Mike Evans number thirty from Tampa. Tyreek Hill number twenty two. 
Julio Jones, number 11. And then, like I said, there's a few players as at the time of recording we don't have rankings for, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas also coming in ahead of him. So, I mean, you've got the the top 10. You've got two receivers in the top 10 that we, as of right now, don't know where they're at. But um, I'm looking at this list, and some of it, I think, is based on name recognition. Um, there's, you know, Tyreek Hill is great, um, but, you know, I don't know if I'd rather have Tyreek Hill or Devontae. I'd probably rather have Devontae at this point, but just kind of talk about some of these names. Um, I, I feel like a lot of this is going to go back to the name recognition that you pointed out with the edge rushers. Yeah, and it feels like, I mean, if you as a fan were looking at who would you want your quarterback to be throwing the ball to, feels like Devontae Adams is up there and it's he, he's in such a catch-22 position because everyone wants to say that Aaron Rodgers is what makes him a really good receiver and then when Aaron Rodgers has a down year it's well he has Devontae Adams that he's throwing to and Devontae Adams makes Aaron Rodgers better so it's like he can't just be good for the sake of being good we saw what he did with Brett Hundley at quarterback and he still played really well, and he kind of became the security blanket for Brett Hundley. So it's just, I think that it's the fact that there are so many players ahead of him. Like you said, if there were, like if he ended up at 95, and then there were only three guys ahead of him, sure. But it's the fact that I don't necessarily think there are 56 players better than him in the NFL at this point, and I definitely don't think that you would rank him ninth on the list of wide receivers. So I think that that's part of it. And he does play a skill position, which goes into it. I think those flashier positions are more likely to get recognition on a list like this because they are making headlines more so than a David Bakhtiari or Brian Blago. But I, I just think that it's not even the number as much as the fact that he's so far down beyond some players that he definitely shouldn't be behind. Yeah, well, and I wonder too, I was just looking at this as I'm kind of uh, looking at these numbers. I wonder how much of it too is considered – um, not necessarily who Devontae Adams is or any of these guys are as receivers, but who's throwing them the football. So you could make an argument Stephon Diggs is higher, not because, uh, you know, that they're pretty equal in skill, but let's be real, catching passes from Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins is not the same. Uh, same thing with Amari Cooper, from Dallas, right? You know, Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. And then you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were catching passes from, you know, Jameis Winston, right? Again, not nearly the same thing. Uh, the only, there's only, let's see, uh, Tyreek Hill obviously catching passes from Patrick Mahomes as long as, I don't know, it's got to be pretty oh, easy. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, um, I, you know, that's even one that last year with uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's great, whether he's better than Rodgers, who knows. Completely different conversation. And then Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, kind of in the same category as Aaron Rodgers. So some of it you wonder that, but then even if you're going to argue DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas, they're both in the top ten catching passes from very good quarterbacks. Number 57 seems a little low by that argument, but nonetheless, he made the list, which we can all be thankful for, and at this point, we can just blame players. So yeah. uh, so our next player, number 48, talked about him a little bit already, is Darius Smith. Um, not a surprise at all to probably anyone that he made the list, um, given that uh, his first year in Green Bay, 
Number 48, does that seem fair? Um, obviously, we've already kind of gone through some of the names that are ahead of him. But number 48, Zadarius Smith, thoughts on him coming in at just over halfway? Number 48 on the list, number one in my heart. But, no, I mean, I think that, like, having never made the list, and it's the same with Preston, like, this was these guys' first appearance on the list. So I think that that says a lot about the recognition that they got because Preston played pretty equivalent number of snaps when he was with Washington to 2019 in Green Bay. And he wasn't on the list. You know, he had his best season. Zedaria Smith had his best season. And now it's not like we're talking about him in the 80s or the 70s. Like, they called him the 48th best player. And I do think he's better than some of the edge rushers that were listed ahead of him um, from a pure a statistical, like, pressures-generated, sacks-generated standpoint. But to go from not being on the list at all to making it into the top 50, I think it says a lot about the respect that he's garnering around the league. Um from other tackles. I mean, they showed a clip in the NFL Top 100 of Drew Brees and uh, Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins on the sideline of the Pro Bowl talking about, oh, yeah, he just killed us. Like, he generated so much pressure, and, you know, he was getting after us. Russell Wilson was talking about how he was all over the NFC divisional round game. Like, it was just really cool to hear quarterbacks talking about, oh, yeah, this guy's a monster. And, like, I think that that – I'm curious to see – where he would end up now in the the next season list, because I think now he's kind of set the standard and set a bar. So whether he repeats, whether he has fewer sacks, more pressures, whatever happens, I think he kind of put the league on notice. So this was them noticing. And now what happens beyond that? Absolutely. Well, and I mean, it's hard to argue uh, the amount of energy that both he and Preston brought to the team. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, I think back to the uh, December 23rd game where Zadarius basically owned Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Um, you have games like that just alone. And, um, yeah, so number 48, very deserving. It'll be interesting, like you said, to see where he lands on the next list. Um, but uh, very cool to see him in there. And, uh, yeah, for first appearances by both of them on the list um, – it's a lot of high praise to be first time on the list and be in the top 50 for one and, you know, almost almost top 60, or, well, actually, exactly top 60. It's 60, was it 63 for Preston? So, um, you know, high praise there. So, uh, so moving on, next one, Aaron Jones. Um, interestingly enough, he came in at his jersey number on the list, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, coming in at number 33. And let's see, we've got one, two, three, four, only five other running backs ahead of him, which, based on these names that are in here, it seems about right. Number 33 on the list, though, too high, too low. Um, Interestingly enough, you could argue that based on who should come in ahead, uh, whether Devontae should be ranked higher than him on a list or or not. Um, But Aaron Jones, number 33 on the list, thoughts? Dalvin Cook is not better than Aaron Jones. But now that we have that out of the way, I think he's another one of those guys that got plenty of uh, notoriety this season. When you lead the when you lead the league in touchdowns, it's one of those, again, putting the league on notice moments. And I think 33 is respectable. I mean, I think that he would tell everyone or, you know, that there's still work to be done. He said that he put himself as number one because – If you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? And I love that. I think that's a great attitude. I think that that just kind of shows that he's working towards being 
the best player in the NFL. And, you know, there's really respectable names on the list. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Derek Henry just got paid and deservedly so. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is entering free agency. He's going to be a hot commodity. Somebody will love him and pay him big bucks. I don't know if the Packers will pay him big bucks, but, you know, I think that 33, because now when you're in the back half of the list, I think it's a lot harder or a lot easier almost to say, like, these are just good football players. But when you get into, like, the top 40, top 30 range, it's really hard. Like, you start nitpicking, and then you're weighing, like, okay, who's better, a quarterback or an edge rusher? Like, so to be a running back and get up to the list at 33, um, leading the league in touchdowns, I think that 33 is pretty respectable for him cracking the list. Absolutely. Well, and I I was just looking this up while you were talking here. So the players to come in ahead of him at his position, Saquon Barkley came in at number 31, so just a few spots ahead of him. Ezekiel Elliott came in at number 24. Dalvin Cook, the one that you mentioned, uh, which I am not certain that I would put would have put him ahead of Saquon or Zeke, but um, uh, he comes in at number twenty one, and then Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey again at time of recording. We don't have specific numbers; we know they're in the top ten. But I was looking at this because Aaron Jones was a fifth round draft pick, and Saquon Barkley was the number two overall pick. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I believe, was the fourth or fifth overall pick when he was drafted. Dalvin Cook was taken in the second round with pick number 41. Derrick Henry was also taken in the second round with pick number 45. And Christian McCaffrey, I don't know exactly what number, but I know he was taken in the first round. Um, So you're talking about five players at the position ranked ahead of him. All were first or early second round picks, and here he is, a fifth round guy that when he was on the roster was actually behind Jamal Williams in his rookie season. So um, very impressive to see him at number 33. Um, I would tend to agree with you about the only one on here that I'm uncertain of is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is a great running back. I don't know if he's better than Aaron Jones, but I don't have any problem with Aaron Jones being listed behind names like Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, who practically carried a team to the AFC championship (laughs) game. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey can just literally do everything. It seems like so, um, 33, great number, obviously, for him with his jersey and everything. But, uh, yeah, seems pretty fair. All right, so we're going to get to our last player on the list. If you haven't guessed it by now, I don't know what team you're following. But uh, number 16, Aaron Rodgers. Um, So this, you know, obviously – so, again, when we talk about this, you have to put yourself in the mindset of not Aaron Rodgers as a career – but Aaron Rodgers in 2019, and that's the hardest thing I'm sure for any of us to do because you're like, well, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. Of course he should be in, like, the top three. But based on last year. So he comes in at number 16. So real quickly, uh, five quarterbacks came ahead of him. Uh, Tom Brady came in at number 14. Drew Brees came in at 12. And then we have three in the top ten that, again, at time of recording, don't know. But, again, I'm pretty certain we can peg one of them. Uh, Lamar Jackson's in the top 10, Patrick Mahomes. I would, I can't imagine that he's not number one from last year. Uh, and then Russell Wilson. So, um, only five quarterbacks come in ahead of him. So at this point, I'm probably more looking at it from the standpoint of not that he's number 16 on the list, but that there are five quarterbacks ahead of him. So, um, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers being 16th and, um, five others ahead of him. 
Can I swear again? I'm totally kidding. I won't. I used up my one swear. But <laughs> no, I mean, I think that Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of hard because he is the perfect example of a player that does like your perception of him is that he is a top 20 player in the NFL. And he had a good season in 2019. You know, he had his perfect passer rating game against the Raiders. Never done that before in his career. But I you know, would you call him the 16th best player at this moment? I certainly would not call Tom Brady the 14th best player in the league. I think Aaron Rodgers had a better season than Tom Brady. So I think if you're looking at it, once you get into like the top 20, that's where I feel like there's extra bias because this is where you start to think about like the reputations that these players have had long-term. So if Patrick Mahomes is number one, like we expect him to be, that makes sense. He's the reigning league MVP, Super Bowl winner, you know, not he's not the reigning MVP, but you have, you know, Lamar Jackson. It makes sense for these guys to be where they're at. And that was based on the 2019 season. I think Aaron Rodgers is a very good football player. I see, I think 16 is fair. I think he's certainly a top 20, top 25 player in the league. But it's hard to think, yeah, that there's five people necessarily better than him, five quarterbacks. But when you're thinking about just the – the 2019 season statistics, I don't know if he was the 16th best player. I, my heart says yes, because I'm, Aaron Rodgers is one of my all-time favorite players ever. But statistically, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because you had mentioned with Devontae Adams that he had missed four games and, you know, still almost accumulated 1,000 yards receiving. And if we're holding injuries against um, – Devontae Adams, I mean, Drew Brees missed, what, four, five, six games, um, you know, and obviously lost in the first round of the playoffs at home. Uh, you know, obviously, again, I don't think these are things that players are necessarily taking into consideration when ranking, but um, I would agree. And, Jacob, this is your one thing that you can hang over me for a while. As much as I do love Tom Brady, I do agree with you, Maggie. I do think that Aaron Rodgers had a better season than Tom Brady last year. Um you know, and then then you kind of get into the nitpick of you know Lamar Jackson, you know, being a young player. I think he's going to be great. Obviously, fourteen win season is hard to argue against. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem at this point. I'm more looking at Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, I'm not looking at him being number sixteen on the list. I'm looking at the how many play, how many players at his position came ahead of him. So um, I don't have a problem with it. Russell Wilson is obviously great. Obviously, stop arguing the Patrick Mahomes thing. He's just the best in the league. He's he's going to be number one on this list for a reason. Um, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. You're kind of just talking Hall of Fame stuff at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, number 16, fine. Um, number, you know, five, player, five players at his position ahead of him, I don't necessarily know, especially just given the players. Like I said, Tom Brady, I would not have put – I would have maybe flipped those two, 16 and 14, which would seem a little bit more fair at that point. But, um, well, there you have it. You have uh, the six players from Green Bay to make the top 100 list. Real quickly, Maggie, um, we talked about Kenny Clark being a snub from the list. Is there anybody else from the list uh, from the Packers 2019 season that you think maybe doesn't necessarily belong on the list, but you could either a make an argument for, or b is somebody that come the 2020 version of this, so one year from now, is somebody that we should be expecting to see on the list? You know, assuming that we 
A, have a season, and B, with that season, you know, there's no injuries that prevent them, anything like that. Is there anybody on this roster, like like I said, outside of Kenny Clark, because I would presume that if everything is as of normal, he'll be on this list next year. When we do it again next year, we'll be mentioning him somewhere. But anybody else that you can think of? Yeah, to me, outside of Kenny, it would have been Jair Alexander. Um, Kevin King, I think, had an outside shot, given his interception totals. Um, and then on offense, I think it'll take him a couple seasons to get that recognition, but Elton Jenkins would be the player that comes to mind, um, even though the offensive linemen typically don't get as much notoriety for that on that list. Yeah, Elton Jenkins was the one I was that I was kind of thinking of, um, but obviously with David Bakhtiari being the 62nd best player and the only, well, no other offensive tackle ranked ahead of him, I feel like it'll probably take Elton Jenkins a little while, um, even if you know, even if it's not even, even if he should be on it next year or the year after, I think I do agree. You mentioned that it's just not the sexy position um, on the field. So, um, but yeah, there you have it. You have the six Packers to make the top 100 list, um, excuse me, uh, for the 2019 season. Uh, This was kind of a fun change of pace. Um, Obviously, we're hoping more good news comes out in the next couple of days about the 2020 NFL season, especially with the Packers. Um, As of right now, it's good to see that they only have one player who has opted out for the season right now uh, from COVID. So it's good news as of right now. Obviously, that can change, but be hopeful. I'm hoping to watch football. My wife and I just literally got TV the other day because sports were coming back, and I'm telling you right now, if they cancel football – I'll be canceling TV because I don't need it at that point. So uh, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Maggie, real quick, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? I swear I get busier as you ask me to do this, but you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I also podcast with Perry Goldstein on the Pax What She Said podcast. And now you can find Perry and me again Uh, Monday nights live with Game On Wisconsin with a show called Happy Hour. Bring your beer, bring your questions, and we talk live football for, or we talk about football live for about an hour. All right, awesome. Yes, the uh, the Game On Wisconsin. I have been seeing a lot of that on the little bit of Facebooking that I do. Which, yeah, wow, that sounds so lame when you say Facebooking versus Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I just had to put that out there, but. Uh, lots of great stuff coming out from Game On Wisconsin. Make sure you go check it out because uh, Jacob would plug that too if he were here right now. So lots of really cool stuff coming out there. And then, as always, stay tuned right here for Pack-A-Day Podcast as we will be coming every day throughout the month of August, what's left of July here, um, hopefully inching ever so closely to September 13th. Green Bay heading to Minnesota to play the Vikings week one. So um, stay tuned right here and get all your up-to-date Packers podcast stuff. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Packers.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.